gorgeous listeners. We are so excited to be back with you. We've been on a short sort of unintentional hiatus, and uh, but we're back in the groove and really thrilled to be learning about all this good shading stuff with you again. Alan, how are you? Baruch Hashem. Oh, I see. I have not missed that because we see each other every day, but it's nice to hear you say it on the pod. Yes. Yes. Back in the groove. All right, everybody. Um, it has been a it's been a tough time for the Jews and for a lot of other folks. Um, the uh, I, I imagine most of our listeners are familiar at this point with the the mass shooting that happened at a temple in Pittsburgh, the Tree of Life Synagogue. Um, Eleven people lost their lives. There have been other shootings and hate crimes and just really terrible, violent, sad things. Um that are happening in the world. We actually tried to record a podcast after in the wake of Pittsburgh and um, put something together and just didn't feel good about it. And um, so we didn't end up releasing it. And so in lieu of that, I think let's let's dedicate our learning today to um, the souls of those innocent, beautiful people who were lost um, and and hope and work, work our tushes off to, Mm -hmm. to make things better. Um, Neshama should have an aliyah. Neshama should have an aliyah, as you say. Yeah. Um, So so learning in Jewish tradition, you can dedicate it to someone who has passed away in hopes that it will help raise their soul up closer to God and um, help us connect with them and with tradition in a different way. So um, the learning today should be in their honor and to help all of us to help all of us um, take actions to make this world. safer and better for everybody regardless of their race religion or any kind of orientation we we can do a lot better so let's Mm. dive in um all right so alan we're going to talk a little bit today about how shadim are formed is this created created yes Yes. formed so this seems like an appropriate uh, appropriate transition to talk about the origins of like evil things (laughs) (laughs) sure okay yeah um I guess I get that. Um, Dark and light, good and evil. Let's conquer all the bad stuff. But let's find out where it comes from first. Sure. So um, in the interest of sort of, you know, 20 episodes in, I figured it's time to get started. Right. Yeah, you know, we like, should probably um, like <laughs> talk about the <laughs> beginning. Right. Um, um, right. So uh, there are a couple of different kinds, let's say, of shading. Mm-hmm. But they are really what I'm talking about is the ways in which those shadim are uh, are are created. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't mean, by the way, right now we're not talking about the different castes of shading, we've, which we've mentioned on this podcast a number right. of times. There's a kind of hierarchy. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, this is something else. This is just like that. There's different kinds of shading depending on how they're created. Right. So what we have actually in the sources going back to the Gemara, and I should mention, by the way, that there are many, many different sources, many different, uh, uh, I guess, um, rabbis' uh, views on how how they're created. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to touch on a couple in this episode, and maybe this will be the first in a series where we mention a number of different other ways in which Shadim are created. But um, I'll start with the Gemara. Great. Right. So in the Gemara, we have, for example, in the Mesechus Eruvin, um, there's a, a, an incredible story, which is actually another one of the lost uh, podcast episodes of sort of throwing shade um, in which um, uh, which we recorded, but then also decided not to release. We don't keep anything from you, gorgeous listeners. It's all out there. Just kidding. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, um, so uh, we, we we know from the story of Adam and Chava in Breshis. Adam and Eve in Genesis, indeed. Yes. Um, that after the uh, the whole incident with the Esadas, uh, Esadas with the, the, the eating from the fruit of the tree. Yes. Um, which they shouldn't have done. It was the one thing they shouldn't do and they did it. Right. As my and, mom says, don't dip the cat in the molasses. And then everyone says, what cat? What molasses? What are you talking about? I hadn't thought about dipping the cat in the molasses until you brought that up. And now it's the only thing I can think of. And that you want to do. Right. right. And that I want to do. It's like, don't think of an elephant. Right. What are you thinking about? Right. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Okay. No, no. It's, 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 so it's, they it's dipped a valid the cat point. in the molasses. And right. Then well, and then, and then there was a nachash involved as well. And that's going to come snake, into play yeah. as well. Right. Mm-hmm. The snake. That, that's definitely an important detail if you don't know the story. I, you know, should learn right. it, but, um, but, um, after that, they were banished from the, uh, Gan Eden, from the garden. Mm-hmm. Um, and we mentioned on the show, this, this receding image that gets brought down in different midrashim or whatever, of the, the garden receding instead of a fall as mm. is usually understood by, right. for example, Christianity and, and in an Islamic, uh, 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 understanding as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, uh, after this whole incident happens, Adam and Chava are separated from each other for a period of 130 years. Whoa. And during that time, um, there's, uh, without going into too much detail, because again, that would be a whole other episode, um, Adam and Chava both, it turns out, but specifically the, the Gemara and Erevin talks about Adam, um, he creates r- ruchin and shading, these two different kinds of shading. Mm-hmm. Um, details to, to, to follow. Okay, because okay. that's my next question. <laughs> <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> um, yes, to, we'll get to it. Okay, um, you gotta I trust, trust you. I'm, I'm ready, I'm along for the ride. Okay. Um, another part in the Gemara, we have in Masechus Pesachim, uh, we find that and we mentioned this in a previous episode as well, that the Mazikin were created on the first Arab Shabbos. Um, right. So Mazikin, another another order of demons, little troublemakers, and they were created right at that point, right at the end of the sixth day of creation, just before Shabbat, the seventh day of rest, when God stopped creating stuff um, and took a break. So there's that weird like liminal time in between well, the end of the sixth day and the beginning of the first Shabbat where all kinds of wacky things happen, right? Uh, okay, yes. Um, uh, all kinds of things are created in that time space. Right. Um, but at the same time, I just want to mention that, you know, um, there's this all this understanding that, you know, Hashem didn't quote unquote have time to create the bodies for these creatures and therefore they were just these souls wandering around. This is what it says in the Medrash. But I say, like, in quotes, in air quotes, didn't have time because Hashem, uh, of course, that doesn't count for Hashem. Right, so there's, but, so the full story is, like, there's God is creating things, and as the Shabbat comes closer, it's like... It's Hashem time, has to stop creating things when Shabbat It's time starts, to light like the candles. We to <laughs> exactly. So we need to turn off the iPhone and, like, go get ready. Um, and... The uh, the story is that he was sort of partway through creating these these beings, so they ended up with just souls and no bodies. Right. And so that's that's kind of one of the origin stories of 
that's the, this is what we learn in Pesachim, one way in which they're created. They right. had they have were created at the beginning of time, essentially. Mm-hmm. But what we'll learn, hopefully, as we go through this, is in fact there's this concept called Teisvis Shabbos, where we bring in humans, bring in Shabbos a little bit early, mm-hmm. and um, that happens a lot. For example, in the summertime, when Shabbos wouldn't come in in our you know p- place and latitude of the uh, of the earth. Um, <laughs> right. So Shabbat running from sundown to sundown, the the time changes depending on the season and where you are right. in the world. And right. So if Shabbat, if it's summer and the sun is out all day, Shabbat might not come in until like eight or nine o'clock. Right. So um, so so in, order, so in order to bring in Shabbos a little bit early, there's, of course, a halachic amount of time. Eat. Right. There's a halachic amount of time. You can bring it in early versus too early versus not, you know, right before the candle lighting and all mm-hmm. this other stuff. Or, or, or for sundown and all this other stuff, but um, um, what we learn, what we'll learn, hopefully, like I started saying, as we go through this, is that in fact Hashem was cre- in the process of creating the shadim, mm-hmm. would have created bodies for them, mm-hmm. but instead took on toys with Shabbos early, the first time, oh. so that so that the shadim specifically would not have bodies because if they mm-hmm. did have bodies. They would have destroyed all of creation Hashem had just done. So um, that seems like a fair reason not to give them a body. But you know what? Let's <laughs> let, let's use that as a good time to take a quick break. But, uh, <laughs> okay, so we have covered two origin stories for the shading. Um, one is about that liminal time in between the sixth day and Shabbos um, when God's like, oh, sorry, I got to bring in Shabbos early. (laughs) So (laughs) no body for you, I guess. Oops. Um, And the other being this sort of mysterious time after after. Uh, Adam and Eve are expelled from the garden and Adam they're they're separated for 130 years which I feel right. like is not usually part of the story that we learn but somehow during that time Adam ends up creating a whole bunch of demons and and Chava too and and Eve yeah. as well but but the Gemara talks about Adam yeah okay great so uh, the, there's two origin stories and then we've got one more I understand from the Gemara yeah there's one more from the Gemara thank you um, uh, in Masechet Sanhedrin uh, that talks about um, what's called the Dar Haflaga, which is the generation mm-hmm. of the dispersal by the Tower of Bav- Babel. Um, oh, okay. Right. So what happens to them? And we don't really learn that from the from the from the Torah itself. Um, but the Gemara comes and explains that what happens to them after they get dispersed and go all over the world and everything. Yeah. They all transform into Shadim and Lilin. What? You're kidding me. Nope. Wait, okay, so the Tower of Babel story, briefly, is that all of the nations of the world kind of come together and try building this this massive mountain up to God um, in order to kind of be like God or aspire to kind of take that, that place of power. And um, in order to knock down that tower, um, God confuses their speech, right? So this is the mm-hmm. origin of the 70 different, uh, quote-unquote, 70 different languages um, around the world, right? And they they mm-hmm. can't. So do you want to say anything else about that story? They're then they're all dispersed around the world, and they become the different nations. Yeah, I mean, there's all different different uh, as you can imagine 
interpretations, different understandings of what exactly is going on there. I would just, I'm not going to go too into too far into it. I just encourage our listeners, listeners to, to go and first of all, learn the story in the book of Yeah, it's a very Genesis. cool story and a very useful one to sort of keep in mind as a, a metaphor for other things. And uh, <laughs> But yeah. Okay, wow. So wait, the, the actual people who are involved in the building of Migdal Bavel, of mm-hmm. the Tower of Babel, are then just like turned into demons? Yeah. Oh, all right then. (laughs) Huh. Yeah, it's clear that what they were doing, they shouldn't have been doing. So, yeah, that feels like a pretty straightforward punishment, right? Um, (laughs) Okay, so we've got these three different origin stories, effectively. One in which God is intentionally creating demons and intentionally withholding a little bit of their power, but purposefully putting those creatures into the world. Mm-hmm. The second of which with Adam, um, he's uh, what's the what's the line that the Gemara says about how about what happens with with Adam in those hundred and thirty years when he's separated from Eve? Um, well, the, I mean, the Gemara talks about it quite a bit, but but basically during those hundred and thirty years, he was in Nidui. He was separated from his um, his wife, Chava. He was he was in a kind of uh, excommunication, you could say, because mm-hmm. um, that's actually, Nidui is one of the words for excommunication. Separation. Okay. Idea. Uh-huh. Um, for those of our listeners who are familiar with the term Nida, it's the same root. Nad, which means wandering. It's just like you're outside. You're not. You're in a different space. Oh, you know? I hadn't put those together um, before. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Kain um, is called Nav and Nad. Kain, yeah. Nad, he's a, he's a wandering what did that right, right the original wandering jew not a jew though not a jew <laughs> <laughs> um, um right but, but um, a wanderer nonetheless right um it, just you know um during that time he was giving birth or he had been making possible the birth of rufin and shadin uh-huh um okay yeah. great so um and we'll talk more about that in a subsequent episode as we so often say but um he sort of Un- unintentionally bringing these creatures into the uh, into the world, um, and then the third one with the with the people from Migdal Bavel from the Tower of Babel turning into demons. It seems like there's a, a much closer correlation between the person's actions and the demonic result, sure. right? So I feel like there's a little bit of a progression here where it's God sort of injecting this evil-ish presence into the world right right from the very from literally the very beginning evil but not too evil evil but not too evil let's say destructive destructive that's probably more appropriate um from the very beginning then there's the sort of passive unintentional creation of it and then there's kind of the the active usurping trying to take power Mm -hmm. that then results in this transformation that's really a, a punishment Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's kind of a spectrum of um, of ideas of like the origin of evil in a lot of ways mm. represented in those three origin stories of Shadim. Yeah, I think that's fair. And again, this is all just in the Gemara. Right. Next episode, we'll talk about other things, too. Yeah. But I think that's pretty fair. Yeah. Hmm. So I think there's I, I mean, we've also talked a little bit about like demons and chicken feet and what demons look like and things like that. And so there's there's different stories here that also have to do with what the what the physical form of demons is that we'll get more into but having multiple origin stories also kind of um accounts for the different ways in which they 
just show up in the text, right? That they're they're coming from different different places and you know end up um, manifesting in different ways. Well, sure. Think about uh, you know Mahavdil, your own origin story, right? Every 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 my personal origin story, right? I'm thinking about Stan Lee Al Vashalom oh, who passed man. away this week. Ugh, that was and, a blow too. Right. Um uh and uh you know every superhero, every person really has an origin story and not just an mm. origin story, but a continuing story. Yeah. Right? So but the the continuance of a, a person or a created being's story mm-hmm. has um a lot to do with th- the beginning. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Take a break. Shade Throwers, we got a great question in that we're excited to answer for you. So Rachel, who tweets as at at, at necromance her excellent asked us um she says i've been catching up after a few missed weeks and the discussion of amulets in episode 20 got me curious isn't the possession of an amulet what enabled the witch of endor to channel shmuel's shade how would it have the ability to wrest control of his or any spirit um so first of all rachel thank you awesome question so fun um secondly fun fact Endor is where the name Endora comes from in the old TV show Bewitched. It's the name of the uh, the, the mother witch. Um, <laughs> so there you go. There's your pop culture reference for the day. Um, and also, I feel, very quickly, um, so the Witch of Endor doesn't actually channel Shmuel's shade, um, unless you're thinking about shade in terms of ghost, right? Because he's not actually a demon. That's right. Okay, so so Alan, set the record straight for us and tell us about the possession of an amulet of a Kamea in this particular story. What's the role there? Right. So, um, okay, first of all, great question. There are three reasons why this is a great question. First, um, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, Another set of three. Let's do it. Um, that I can think of offhand. Um, the first is that it's got to do with uh, the. You know, you know the, the the disambiguation, if you will, of between a ghost and a shade, mm-hmm. um, which uh, there are ghosts, um, according to the Jewish tradition, mm-hmm. ghosts of evil people turn into destructive spirits, we could say, but they mm-hmm. are not shading because shading don't associate with them. They don't mm. act like shade. They don't. They don't have the same powers they as shade. They don't sit together don't. in the cafeteria. Correct. Right. Um, uh, but they. So they're not classified as shade. So mm-hmm. point number one. I'll put that that to rest because point Great. one of the points I want to talk about. Good to know. The second point has to do with the story of of the witch of Aindor, the um, that uh, that she mentions, um, and and Shaul and uh, and all that whole thing that happens there. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not aware that what she was using was a Kamea, was an amulet. It's possible. Mm-hmm. My, my understanding is that she was um, from the Oiv or Yudaini, which were our specific... From the who and the what now? <laughs> Oiv and Yudaini. Uh-huh. Those are two different kinds of... of um, but Different but related kinds of sorcery that the Torah itself mentions okay. in, in, the, in the land at the time. How would I say those things? 
Ove and Yidoni. Oh, all right. <laughs> um, Great. Ove um, and Yidoni, folks. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, that's their, their, their names of the thing. Um, yeah. They're, as I understand it, their way of divining prophecy, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, would be by casting lots using bones and that sort of thing and mm-hmm. things, you know, like things like that. It's possible that there was a Kamea used some, whatever device she used was not one that was permitted by the Tara um, mm-hmm. uh, and should not have been done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third reason uh, has to do with the nature of Kameas itself, because mm-hmm. she is asking about amulets at the end of the day anyway. Right. And metaphysically, uh, you know, how does it work? Right. So, um, and this is the one I think is the most interesting, because in general i mean there's different kinds of kameas mm-hmm. excuse me um and we you know we've touched a little bit on it but in general the way metaphysically that kameas work has to do with shamus with names mm-hmm. names of hashem names of the various shadim um what have right. you and um uh if you think about it what is the purpose of a name you know if i was the only person in the whole entire universe I would have no need for a name. Mm-hmm. I would. I would always be me. I would know me. I would. You know, like I. I would you? Name. Would you? <laughs> this feels like a much deeper existential question. But we'll we'll okay. <laughs> we'll as assume you're right for the time being. Yes. Right. But as soon as there's another sentient creation in the universe, mm-hmm. um, there needs to be a way to relate to that, let's say, person or right or being. So um, that. Th- that the name is the way in which you relate to a person. Sure, you define the boundaries between this is this is me, mm-hmm. this is you, mm-hmm. and we're going to you know set up these structures in order to understand that relationship. Yeah, right. But but more than more more than understand it, it's it's the basis for that relationship. It's the only way the relationship can exist is mm-hmm. if there are names. Mm. So a um, a kamea. I'm jumping a little bit here, but a Kamea, an amulet, uses these names to define, like you said, define the relationship. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not just as simple as calling a, a thing a name and mm-hmm. then you have a relationship with it. Right. Um, the way Kameas work, because this we're talking about the spiritual realms, this is not just the normal physical reality kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it has to be done in a certain way on a cer- with certain materials um, by a certain type of person with a certain knowledge sure. uh, for it to actually be effective. Sure. And there's all kinds of questions about the actual effectiveness of commands to begin with because it needs to be you know, tried three times and proven to be effective before it can be used. But if it's right, how, it's a catch-22 kind of like... Right, you have you to look up the amulet in consumer reports and make sure that it's the one that has actually gotten decent reviews and then... Right. Or, 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 or the person or the person, the Baal Shem. Shem, Yeah. Right. So in other words, the Baal Shem, the one who is the master of the name. Right. Is so called because they are, um, Mm -hmm. in, they have the expertise in names. Yes. Of the the usage of divine names for the service of whatever worthy cause. Yeah. Right. I also think it's, it's worthwhile here to to mention, and I'll say this in the name of, uh, Harav Ephraim Tversky. Shlita, who I just learned this from, is very fascinating. That um, you know, Hashem is beyond 
it, you know, it's, it's infinite and we're finite. How can we possibly have, we finite beings possibly have a relationship with something that's infinite mm. like God? Mm-hmm. So um, Hashem, in his mercy, we'll mm. say, um, uh, gave himself a name that we can use to relate to him mm-hmm. and have a relationship with Hashem. Mm-hmm. So when we say, uh, you know, our, our, um, our line, <laughs> so to speak, twice a day at least, mm-hmm. Hashem, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, mm-hmm. um, we use God's name. Right. And we mention Echad, God's oneness. And it's, it's, it's all infinite. We're supposed to have this whole uh, idea going on in our head at the time of like, you know, infinity and, you know, oneness unity, and unity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, how is it possible for us to go say the next line? What's the next line in in the in the Torah? Is You should have this relationship with God that's one of love. Mm-hmm. Well, how can I have I have one of a relationship of love with this infinite being or whatever? So, Rav Tversky says that we the reason why we put that line in between Baruch Shem Kvod Malchusoy Le'Elam Vaed is we mention the greatness of God's name. And we, we remind ourselves that God makes mm. it possible for us to have a relationship with, with, of love with him. Right. And, um, and there's, there's all kinds of really great stuff about, like when you say we learn Torah, Lishma, Torah is many names of God. It's all the names of God in the Torah. Mm-hmm. And we learn Torah, Lishma, for the sake of God's names. Right. And so that we can have a relationship with God. And I'm going on a lot. I feel like you could jam on this all night and I'm going to cut you off Uh, there. But there's so much good stuff there. It all has to do with Kameas and amulets. And and it all has to. It totally relates to our demon podcast. So um, (laughs) so (laughs) it does. It really does. It really does. It's all interconnected, folks. This is totally legit. Okay, so um, so Rachel, awesome. Thank you for your amazing question. I hope we gave you a little bit of an answer, maybe somewhere in there. Um, And uh, yeah, guys, shade throwers, keep them coming. Um, Tweet us at throwing shade and we will hit you up in a subsequent episode. All right, folks, we've come to the end of our time together. I'm going to leave you with a quick action item we talked about today. Uh, these different origins of Shadim. And uh, there's there's several possible stories, some of which may speak to you, some of which may not. Um, but I think that it's worthwhile kind of when we see bad things in the world, when we see evil things happening, to ask the question, what is the root of this? Where did it come from? What is its origin story? Um, because when you have a better mm. understanding of that, then you can give it a name. <laughs> you can give it... You can put have some power over it and really understand it and figure out the relationship there to hopefully repair and make things better and move forward with, you know, hope and love and, uh, you know, helping one another out and making this world suck a little bit less every single day. I feel like that's our that's our real job here. That was inspiring, right? <laughs> you had me. That yeah. Good. yeah no, I got I like it from you. Awesome. Um, shade throwers, you're gorgeous. The world needs you. Have a great week, and we will catch you next time on Throwing Shade Better Living Through Jewish Demonology. See y'all later. Mm-hmm.